It's the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Once again, joined by my friend Eric Eager. Uh, we're here in the summertime edition. We got basically, you know, NFL training camp starting in three days for the Dallas Cowboys and Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, football is right around the corner. Eric, how are you feeling at this point in time in the offseason? You know, it, it never sleeps. I mean, we're still, you know, uh, having, you know, this was a good week. We had a sale this week. We talked a lot of betting on the forecast. We talked some betting on, um, you know, the podcast last week. We're going to, you know, the DraftKings gave out some more lines. Um, there'll be great uh, article content next week. Um, so it's good. It, it, you know, I'm excited um, to see, you know, some of these teams in action, see how, you know, some of the, some of the variants also already taking shape in training camp uh, in a couple weeks, man. It, it, this is the this is the most widely anticipated time of the year. Yep, definitely. I mean, it is my favorite time. Excitement is palpable at this point in time. And kind of like you touched on a little bit, we did get a number of offerings from DraftKings within the last week, specifically in their season-long player prop numbers. But they kind of had a lot of different offerings uh, throughout in some different categories. I don't know if it was fully on board with their switch from SB Tech from from Canby to SB Tech, if that's fully taken hold at this point in time. But for some reason, their betting menu has uh, expanded rapidly, which means we have a number of different options that we can target on. Uh, some spots that I'm looking at, I'm going to write some articles uh, on the next week on various player prop categories, starting with passing yards, uh, moving to passing touchdowns, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. Uh, and I'm going to look at it in a kind of a way that, Eric, you did uh, with this interception total, kind of incorporating this turnover-worthy play idea uh, and kind of giving a little bit more of evergreen um, betting ideas for some of those player prop numbers that could be utilized both season-long and um, on a weekly time frame as well. So why don't we talk a little bit about this interception article that you released. I did really enjoy it. Uh, some of the modeling aspects as well, uh, using a little bit of that poison distribution. But I do think some of the ideas that you presented uh, were, were really worthwhile and I think could be applied to a lot of different areas. And one of those specifically was this idea or mindset that there are other stats that can be utilized to um, evaluate future prediction in a certain uh, prop category, right? So you looked at it from a turnover where he plays perspective and kind of how, you know, interceptions are noisy in general, have this binary distribution outcome basically from it's either going to be, you know, no interception, one interception. Of course, there are multiple interception games, but the pricing or, or number on it um, is conducive to kind of that 0 0.5 number. So walk me through, uh, you know, maybe people that didn't have the chance to read the article, what your thoughts are in evaluating interceptions at both the season long and weekly uh time frame yeah i think the the best part about this is it's relatively simple i think we can all agree that interceptions are weird you ha you have the ball bouncing off of a, a wide receiver's hands into the hands of a defensive back you have in the super bowl you know brady throwing an interception to tyron matthew and it being called back because of a penalty you have you know turn you know you have plays that are thrown right to the defensive back that are dropped and so there's there's something inherent in the process that is not being picked up in the result and you know anytime that a bet is very explicitly about the results you can you can exploit that and the poisson distribution is just a really easy way you know when when we were taught that in school it was sort of like the essentially you're sitting outside you know your front porch you're asking okay how many how many cars are going to pass your house during that time period well there's an average number of cars that pass your house during that time period and you know there's oftentimes no cars will pass and sometimes a lot of them will uh, and you have to specify the distribution and that and that's like kind of like the thing about props like right now season long player props 
the distribution is relatively normal around a mean or median. Um, and so if our fantasy projections have a guy at 1,100 yards and his prop is 1,150, you know, you bet under that fairly confidently. It's a little bit different when, you know, the prop for an interception is 0.5 and the average that a guy has in this particular season is like 0.6, right? The question is, is, okay, how is that distributed? And I showed in the in the article that's more like Poisson, which is, you know, a lot of jumbled up at zero, and then decreasing over time in an exponential fashion, actually, you know, faster than exponential as the number uh, grows. And that that's kind of, you know, that that's sort of how that ends up working. Um, the You need these probabilities in order to beat the books because the index, the number, the 0.5, as you talk about, is not as important as the price. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and that's, and that's, you know, one specific category in the prop market, of course, and that is what makes, you know, interceptions unique in and of itself, but it, it does have applications across other categories, right? Like we have like receptions um, at this, at the weekly level, we do have touchdowns and those sorts of things kind of follow that similar distribution where, you know, yardage things, uh, it's much more reflective on what that number actually is. We do see the even juice across both sides of the over or the under. Um, so I do think, you know, understanding that there are different modeling techniques to take into account for some of these different uh, prop categories is definitely a worthwhile endeavor. And, you know, that's kind of the spots where you can make uh, your most money at this point in time. The prop market in general is quite soft, of course, low limits, uh, especially from the season-long perspective. You don't necessarily want to be tying up a ton of capital uh, for, you know, a minus, you know, you know, where you're paying a price to not really get a high V conducive payout. But um, there are still the spots where you can make the most money at this point in time. So especially uh, on this podcast, we are going to be focusing a lot of it in season as well as we did last year. So look forward to some of that content. But you also had, you know, some other uh, betting menu opportunities that you are kind of uh, looking into at this point in time. There's some ultimate win, alternate win totals uh, in various markets. What is kind of jumping out to you um, at that point in this market? Eric. Yeah, man. Like if you look at uh, DraftKings has done a good job of giving sort of essentially right now the alternate win total one win above and one win below the the projected right now. So for example, the Eagles win total is six and a half. You can also bet seven and a half or five and a half. And, and as we just talked about the juice changes and there are a number of these that I kind of like. So, um, you know, one that I like specifically and I talked about this in a tweet, I also gave, you know, the, our, our friends, the whale cappers, uh, you know, Andy and, and Drew, um, a, a, uh, a shout out here. But I like Washington under seven and a half. It's plus 165 on DraftKings. You look at that schedule. It's a tough schedule, not necessarily of um, opposing teams, but a tough schedule of, you know, coming off, you know, having to travel off of short rest. Um, getting teams off of buys, stuff like that that I think is a little bit more uh, indicative of sort of what makes a tough schedule because we don't know the good, you know, we have an idea of the average projection for a team, but we don't necessarily know how good they are. Um, so um, that's one I like. An alternative, you know, if you look at, you know, let's look at, uh, for example, um, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, um, one that I really like. Um, you know, if you go over 13 and a half, that's going to be two to one. So, you know, essentially asking them to finish 14 and three, you know, again, probably doesn't hit, but at two to one, those are fairly good numbers. 
Um, and then the last one that I really like, again, this is because I'm not sure about the Aaron Rodgers thing. I like Denver at under seven and a half at two plus two twenty. Fantasy football season is here. We are now offering 40% off any PFF subscription to all first-time subscribers with promo code SAVE40. This gets you access to PFF's fantasy football draft guide, complete with our player rankings and projections, college football preview magazine, the first edition of the 2022 NFL draft guide, and all of PFF's locked article content. Again, that's promo code SAVE40 for 40% off any PFF subscription. Get access to all of PFF's fantasy tools for $5.99. Yeah, definitely. I do think if you are going to play a Denver Broncos future, that is definitely the best one to play. Obviously, they're uh, still somewhat mispriced in any futures market, you know, to win the conference, to win division. Even their, you know, regular season win total, pretty high based on uh, the current expectation for that roster if an Aaron Rodgers situation doesn't play out. So I do kind of like fading them in general. I do think that is kind of where, you know, our PFF simulation is as well. We are much lower on the Broncos than the market consensus. And we do, you know, have been really high on the Raiders who have been, you know, one of our weekly plays a few weeks ago at seven. Seven at a seven win total. I do think they are still uh, probably the best candidate to surprise some people in the AFC West at this point in time and still probably just a little bit undervalued. So I like those quite a bit. Of course, I can always get on board uh, with backing the Chiefs, you know, extra games, game 17 at this point in time. I do kind of like, um, you know, taking that plus price two to one odds and them, you know, having basically a similar season to what they regular season to what they had last year. I do think a lot of people have some sort of expectation that they're going to regress. I think they improved in the spots that they had to improve in the offseason. I mean, I think their set, schedule sets up quite well for them to kind of be able to, um, you know, finish 14-3, and 15-2, those sorts of situations. I do think that that expectation and outcome is probably um, a lot better price than what you're getting at this point in their win total. So I do like that bet quite a bit as well. Um, so we'll see. There are, you know, a number of offerings uh, we've been basically hitting a lot of pretty key, you know, our favorite bets every single week. Some, most of them have picked up value at this point in time. A few of them obviously haven't. Um, you know, the Justin Fields bet, I'll continue to harp on that one. I still think at this point in time that Justin Fields is going to be the Bears starting quarterback. Probably not in week one, though, but we will see how that one transgresses. So we will see. Eric, what do you got um, as far as, you know, some content and other things to look forward to coming up here in the next week? Week or half. Yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about sack props, um, a little bit of how to bet those game to game. I know we've we've bet those at times. It's not something I think that will be on uh, our uh, prop tool this year, props but tool. actually, you know, we have to make sure that uh, we, when those odds come in, that we we might we might end up uh, actually having that. Um, but uh, but yeah, that, that's that's one as well. Um, there's going to be some fun uh, updates to Greenline, uh, fun updates to the simulation as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for the next couple of days to be able to talk, um, you know, about some things. There's there's obviously honestly one thing that we could close with here. There was a report, and I, I made a joke about it, but I want to hear your uh, opinion on it, Ben. Um, it looks like. The Washington football team, the Arizona Cardinals, Indianapolis Colts, and Los Angeles Chargers remain under 50% vaccination rates as of today, per Rob Motti on Twitter. Um, does this does this change at all the way – like, we weren't over on any of these teams, and in fact, we just talked about a Washington under. But, like, right. do the Chargers just find a way, don't they? And, and would you ever in, in, in 100 years bet they're over on anything? 
No, I mean at this point in time, they just they do find ways to lose. I mean, there are like knocking out their starting quarterback, trying to give him uh, basically a shot to the heart. Last season, that's what brought on Justin Herbert. So I don't really have too high expectations for their medical staff in general, especially dealing with uh, the majority of players who apparently aren't vaccinated at that point in time. And I do think. In general, there is something to say about the idea that some of these teams just aren't going to be vaccinated. I do think there are teams that are over that 90% threshold, um, and they just have a lot less things to worry about. They probably have you know, a lot less dissension in the locker room in some ways if they have full buy-in for people to actually get vaccinated. I do think when you're seeing some of these teams that have you know, a lower vaccinated threshold, there probably are some like, un, you know, in-between cracks cracking sort of thing of that foundation where uh, they don't have full buy-in from the whole team in order to you know move towards one common goal or one top common good so I think from that perspective I would be more inclined to fade some of these teams in the betting market just based on that information I don't know if that's really reflective or being you know possible to be able to be modeled but I do think that there's going to be something there especially when you have like um, you know high popular players who aren't buying into it right like when you have a guy like you know Justin Herbert or something your quarterback isn't buying into it, Josh Allen, those sorts of situations. I do think that that could create some um, dissenting views from players yeah. that are clinging on, holding on to, you know, maybe just a practice squad or trying to make that 53-man roster. Um, and they don't really have the same leverage or the same ability to kind of hold to those beliefs that a guy like Josh Allen has. And they could kind of, you know, maybe resent those players in certain situations because of that. So I do think that uh, it creates unnecessary friction for those teams and that's a spot that i think can definitely be uh you know faded at this point in time. yeah any team with a win total above eight and a half additional variance <laughs> is bad and, and right. you should be betting an under just by the symmetry of the whole thing um it, for the chargers for what it's worth it does sound like herbert is not only vaccinated but also yeah he was the he was the he was the one on board i didn't misspeak with that yeah. i was i was trying to think of who because he actually came out and did say he was vaccinated right. so it's been you know other other high profile players i shouldn't have used him as an example because it has been you know guys like josh allen who won't say one way or the other sam darnold i don't know how highly viewed he is in carolina at this point in time but um i do think that having you know the some of the most valuable players on your team not buy in uh isn't really necessarily good or good indication of where that team is headed at right. this point in time but no but i mean it makes own. i mean high profile players are leaders on the team and and every time you know everybody you know in many cases people are just looking for reasons to uh to believe something and obviously um being able to congregate that way is is something again th this isn't to make a a moral uh stance or anything on right. vaccinations it's just that when you're trying to bet um you know you have to know the rules of the game and I talked about this last night on Beeson. It's like when the rules of the game are not stationary, you can exploit that. And right. um, if if the NFL is going to be a a league where <clears throat> it is it is more difficult to be unvaccinated than it is to be vaccinated, whether that be by protocol um, or by simply missing games, um, and then there's an opportunity to exploit that in the betting markets. And and with those four teams. Um, you know, there there are there's just a higher chance that something will go wrong. So if you like under right. on those teams, um, you know, you have an additional reason to uh, and maybe yeah. pile on a little bit as I did uh, with the Washington football team. So um, yeah, man, that, that that's a I think that's a good thing to end on here. Yep, definitely. I think that was really well said, especially how you defined it. I do, you know, it's no moral compass. I do think it is just an extra factor that teams are 
apparently going to have to deal with in some situations, not others. That causes undue friction, and that is something that could definitely be exploited in the betting market. And we will always be looking for those edges on the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. So appreciate you guys all listening. From Ben Brown, joined by Eric Eer, this was once again the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Thank you.